Isaiah chapter number 6 tonight. I appreciate another opportunity to be able to stand behind the pulpit and preach the Word of God tonight, and I pray and trust that the Lord will speak to our hearts tonight. We are just a week away from our revival meetings, and I truly believe tonight that the greatest need in our world is a true glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need revival in our country, we need revival in our churches, and we truly need tonight a true glimpse of Almighty God. Before we read our text, I want you to see tonight that it seems as though fewer and fewer professing Christians have an accurate view of who God really is. Would you agree with that tonight? It seems as though we look around the world, we see professing Christians. It seems as though fewer and fewer have a true glimpse of who our God really is. We have allowed our society, we've allowed our culture, and our modern technology, and all the distractions that Satan has placed within our world to distort and to ruin our view of Almighty God. Many have given in to society's exaltation of man over God. We've become used to and numb to living in an anti-God culture. You know, I don't know about you tonight, but I get bothered when I see what goes on in our world today, and as God's people, we should be bothered. But I'm afraid a lot of God's people have become used to, have become numb to what's going on in this anti-God culture. You know, the Bible still says, it's still in the Bible, Jesus said, Be ye angry and sin not. It's okay to be angry about what's going on in our world. And all of the modern technology, I'm not preaching against technology tonight, but you're sadly mistaken if you believe that our cell phones and all the things that are in our world that are supposed to make life more convenient have not actually become a distraction and consumed all of our time. Our Bible has called us to read. God has called us to study, as we heard this morning from the pastor, not only to read our Bible, but to meditate upon the Scriptures. That requires we spend time in God's Word. Yet for most Christians, our Bible reading has been reduced to a checklist that we mark off on a daily basis. Why is that? It could be because the ever never-ending sound of notifications on our cell phone distract us from reading our Bibles. We need to turn that thing off and get it out of the room. Spend some time meditating upon the Word of God. Many in our world today are so confused and twisted in their thinking of who God is, they exalt one attribute above, of God above another one. You know this, many churches are out preaching only and dwelling only upon the love of God, but they never mention the judgment of God. Why? Because we have a distorted view of who the God of the Bible really is. Friends, I want you to see tonight that if we're going to see a change in our society, if we're going to see a revival take place in our day, then we as God's people must see God for who He really is. How else is a lost and dying world going to have a correct view of God unless those of us who know God best tell them? The Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, but how shall they hear without a preacher? We are to be that preacher to a lost and dying world to reveal to them the word of God, the word of truth. In our text tonight, in Isaiah chapter number 6, Isaiah, through the Holy Spirit, pulls back the curtain for us, showing us a true glimpse of who our God is. You have Isaiah chapter 6. Read with me, please, beginning in verse number 1 down through verse number 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. 
Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Now shall we pray. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you again for the good day in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the good start to the service we've had tonight. But now, Father, as we open thy word and look into thy word, I pray for thy Holy Spirit's power. Lord, may I just step out of the way and allow thy spirit to take control of the service tonight. Lord, I pray that you would remove distractions from the room and that you would reveal to us this evening your person, who you really are. And may each and every one under the sound of my voice, be it here in the auditorium, across the radio, or listening on the live stream, may thy will be done in each and every heart tonight. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, as we come to Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible reveals to us who our God really is. I want you to notice in verses 1 through 4, we find the holiness of God. As Isaiah, in verse number 1, the Bible says, He had this vision. He saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. As we look at the opening part of this chapter, Isaiah gets to take a glimpse into the throne room of God. And he sees our true and our living God sitting upon His throne high and lifted up. We hear a lot of preaching on this passage. We read this passage quite often. And I've thought to myself time and again, what an amazing sight this must have been for Isaiah. To see the Lord God in all of His majesty upon His throne. We find in verse number 2, the Bible speaks of the seraphims who flew around the Lord. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had two wing, or six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. Verse 3, one cried unto another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. As Isaiah sees this true and living God upon His throne, he notices that these angelic beings are in the presence of Almighty God. Have you thought about this? Why are they crying out for the holiness of God? As these angels, these angelic beings, they're constantly flying around the throne of God, flying around His presence, and they exist inside the presence of God. They are ever in His presence, and when they're in the presence of God, they cannot help but cry out, declaring His holiness. His very presence, the very presence of our God demands and calls for worship and praise. It were impossible that they should be silent and withhold their praise when in the midst of His majesty and His glory. Can I tell you, friend, if you and I would just get alone with God, if we would get in the presence of Almighty God, we would not be able to help ourselves from thundering out with our voices the praise and worship of Almighty God. They could not help it. They cry out, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. Already we see, just in the first four verses of Isaiah chapter 6, we see already a huge difference 
between how many believers and even this world views our God and how He ought to be viewed. You see, Isaiah sees God how He really is. You and I, so often, we fall very short in our understanding and in our view of a holy God. Isaiah sees something that so often you and I fail to see. How often is it that you and I as God's people, and how often is it that those in the world today view our great and our terrible God and treat Him simply as a means of insurance to keep them out of hell? How often do we find God's people, they're content to trust God with salvation. They're okay to allow God to save them from eternal damnation, but that's as far as they want to go with their God. They're not willing to surrender their lives fully to His control. They treat God simply as a means to get out of hell. And they have fallen far short of what God expects out of a believer. How often in our selfishness, you and I as God's people... When we allow ourselves to think about God and when we allow God on our hearts and on our minds, the only thought we have, the only consideration that we have for our God is what we should ask for, what we want from our God. So many times I'm afraid we view God as some type of a Santa Claus who only bestows gifts upon those at their demand. Friend, how far have we fallen from an accurate view of our God? How often is it that rather than thinking and dwelling upon God, we go to God and the only time we allow God to enter into our hearts and in our minds is when there's something that we want. You know, it's still in the Bible. God says men ought always to pray and not to faint, not only when there's something that we need. The Bible says in everything give thanks. What is that? That's a spirit of prayer toward our God. We ought to be constantly in communication with the Lord. And yet many of us, we're content to go day in and day out without ever getting on our knees before God until there's something that we want. And we have the audacity to think that God is going to hear and answer our prayers per our demand. Isaiah saw something completely different as he saw the Lord sitting upon His throne You see, friend, many look at God as insurance out of hell. Many only go to God when there's a need in their life or something that they want. Do you realize that the world does not even go that far? This world simply denies His very existence. Or perhaps the world only views our God as an unloving and a hard God because God and God's Word refuses to condone their sin. And so the world looks at our God as being a hateful and unmerciful God. That's not true. That's not the God of the Bible. But because He doesn't condone their sin, they don't see the love of Christ. Can I tell you what I'm saying tonight is Isaiah, as he looks and he sees God for who He really is, he sees something completely different than the world does today. He saw the side of God that this world doesn't talk about very often. As he looked and he saw Almighty God, he saw divine holiness. He saw the God of all power. He saw this thrice holy God surrounded by the angelic beings declaring His holiness. As he looked at Almighty God, he saw omniscience and omnipotence. He saw the God, Alpha and Omega, His great glory. As he saw God, he saw the God who is worthy of all praise. Can I put it very simply for you tonight? As Isaiah saw the Lord upon his throne, who he saw was the God of the Bible. Not the God that this world makes up in their minds, but he saw the God of the Bible. As we look at God's Word tonight, notice with me, number two, not only did Isaiah see the holiness of God, 
But as he saw God's holiness, as he witnessed the majesty and the holiness of Almighty God, as he was in his presence, it led him and it drove him to the realization of his wickedness. We see, secondly tonight, Isaiah's wickedness. Look with me, please, in verse number 5. As Isaiah was in the presence of God, he cries out, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What is it that made the difference for Isaiah? Why is he crying out, Woe is me? Well, the verse answers that. He says, Because mine eyes have seen the King. Friend, you and I need to get a glimpse of God tonight. We need to see Almighty God for who He really is. As He was in the presence of God, what a difference one glimpse made in His life. Once Isaiah saw the Lord, saw who He truly was, he was overtaken by the overwhelming truth of His wickedness. Can I tell you that in this moment, Isaiah's guilt and his shame was on full display to him, perhaps for the very first time. Can I ask you tonight, when was the last time you were overtaken by your sin? When is the last time you allowed your guilt and your shame before a holy God to be on display in your heart and in your mind? You see, we have the idea sometimes that we know our sin is wrong, but it's not as bad as somebody else's sin. Well, I know I'm not doing what I should do, but I'm better than so-and-so. My sin has not gone as far as my brother or my sister across the way. You know, the Bible says when we compare ourselves by ourselves, we're fools. We're not wise. Our comparison is between ourselves and Almighty God. And as Isaiah stood there face to face with the glory of God and he saw His holiness, he could not help but understand and realize just how far short he came of the holiness of God. He saw His wickedness. And you see, when you and I look into the mirror that is our God and into the mirror that is our God's Word, it reveals to us just how wicked and just how unworthy we are to be in His presence. Once Isaiah was in the presence of divine holiness, his cry in verse number 5 was, Woe is me! Immediately he knew and he understood his unworthiness to stand in the presence of Almighty God with his sin. Oh, how you and I need to get in the presence of Almighty God and allow Him to reveal unto us just how wicked and sinful we truly are. I mentioned earlier, oftentimes we get in this habit of only going to God in prayer when we want something. When God desires that we always pray and not to faint. And yet we will go day in and day out with unconfessed sin in our life. But the moment there's a need, the moment there's struggle, heartache, difficulty, the moment we want to run to God, we have the audacity to rush into God's presence filled with our sin and expect God to be willing to bend His ear to us. You realize His holiness demands that He cannot allow sin into His presence. When Isaiah was in his presence, he understood he was wicked and he was unworthy and there was a need in his life for forgiveness. We often become so used to the convenience of being able to go to God in prayer anytime, place, and I thank God for that. I praise the Lord that you and I, we can go to God at any moment, at any time, at any place. We can go directly to God. Praise the Lord for that. But could it be that the convenience that God has made for us to be able to enter into His presence in prayer has allowed you and I to fail to understand how often we attempt to enter into His presence with sin on display, unworthy. 
unconfessed, unconcerned. How often have we gone to God and we've asked Him for things that we've needed, yet we have been completely unconcerned of what He thinks about the sin in our life as we ask. Our first goal, our first priority ought to be to go to God, but to go to God clean, confessed, sin being removed from our lives. We need today, more than ever before, what we need is to be humbled by the presence of God. Just as Isaiah was humbled as he entered into the presence of God, you and I need to see the glory of God and allow it to humble us. You realize that we're praying for revival. We're asking God to revive our country, to to change our nation, to turn our country back to God. But pride will be the very thing that hinders revival from happening. How will we see God move and stir our hearts? How are we going to see God bring about a mighty revival in our country if we're so filled with our pride that we won't even be concerned about the sin that's in our lives? We need to be humbled by the presence of God. Can you see tonight just how one glimpse of God can change a person for the rest of their lives? I guarantee you, after Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah would never be the same again. Once he saw Almighty God, he would never be the same. And if you and I would see God tonight, we would never be the same as well. See, many of us, we may have been saved for a long time. We might have been saved as a child in Sunday school or at a camp or at a vacation Bible school. But I believe that there are very few Christians that have actually spent time with God to see His person and His holiness and who He really is. What the world needs tonight is to see Almighty God. Have you ever wondered why there's so much destruction? Why is there so much wickedness? Why do we see today the legalization of drugs and abortion and all manner of filth in our world today? Why does sin abound left and right? Everywhere we go, we see spiritual darkness over and over again. Why is there such destruction in our world? Why is it that we have a generation that has no fear or no regard at all for our God? Because they don't see God for who He is. The fear of the Lord is missing in our society today because those of us who know God have failed to get alone with God and allow Him to forever change us because if we would allow God to change us, then we would go out with His message and seek to change others. We would not be able to help ourselves but declare the glory of God. The seraphims, they had no choice. His presence demands worship and praise, and they cannot help but being in His presence declare His glory. Why is it that God's people come to church and they sit in their pew and they never go out with the gospel message? They never go out and do the work of God. We haven't been in His presence. Oh, we'll come to church and we'll listen to the preaching, but we have failed our individual responsibility to get along with God. If we would see God for who He is, we would go out and we would tell a lost and dying world about who He is. We would live our lives differently. There would be a forever change. Why is the world so bad? Because we have failed to get along with God. And allow His presence, His glory, His holiness to truly grip us. You know, if we would see Him, we would not help but be able to speak of His holiness and His sovereignty and His justice. We would not be able to help ourselves from telling others of who He really is. Can I say tonight, Lord, forgive us for our shallow and misguided view of You. 
because that's what many of us have this evening. As we look, this brings us to number three. Isaiah witnessed the holiness of God as he was in the presence of divine holiness. It was very clear to him he recognized his wickedness and that led for a need for his washing. Look with me in verse number six. We find the washing of Isaiah. He cried out in verse five, Woe is me, for I am undone. The holiness of God revealed his wickedness and there was a need for him to be clean before God. And in verse number six, The Bible says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Can I tell you what took place in verse number 5? Is Isaiah owned up to his sin. He recognized it. He knew that he was in the presence of God. And he cried out and he confessed and he repented of his sin. In verse 5, he cries out with a loud voice, Lord, I'm unclean. Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm guilty before a holy God. I'm a man of unclean lips. What is he doing? He's owning up to his sin. He is agreeing with God that, yes, I'm wrong. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. And the Bible says to you and I that at the moment... We confess our sin. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as Isaiah saw the glory of God, he saw his sin and he cried out in confession and in repentance. And the Bible says in verse number 6 and verse number 7, as he confessed, as he repented, as he owned up to his sin and he cried out to God, his sin was purged. The Bible says his iniquity was taken away. He was washed clean. Again, we all are familiar tonight with 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I wonder tonight, could it be that the very thing that is holding back God's reviving hand in our church and in our nation, the very thing that's holding back revival is the lack of God's people owning up to their sin. Again, we we look at the sin of the world and it disgusts us. We look at the homosexuals and we look at the abortions and we look at the great sin of our culture and we say it's horrible, it's gross. And yet when God shows us our sin, well, that's not that bad. Well, that's just a little thing. That's not that big. Friend, we need to get a glimpse of our sin. I believe it could be the very thing that's holding back revival in our church and in our country is the lack of God's people owning up to their sin. The lack of God's people falling upon their faces before God, crying out for repentance, seeking to be washed clean before God. Can I tell you, he saw God's holiness. It revealed unto him his wickedness and he had a desire to be in God's presence clean. Would it be tonight, you and I need to get clean before God? You see, all sin is big sin. It may not be the big things we think about, but all sin is big sin. The psalmist said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. You said, Pastor Josh, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but it's not hurting anybody. It's not against God. I've got problems with people in my family. I've got problems with those at church. I've got a problem with somebody across the building. But that's not against God. The psalmist said every sin is against God and against God alone. As Isaiah was in the presence of God, 
When he saw his wickedness, he had a desire. He wanted to be washed clean. Friend, we need to be washed clean by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to own up to our sin, get in the presence of God, and allow Him to show us who we are. And that brings us to our final point this evening. Isaiah saw the holiness of God, which revealed to him his wickedness, which led him to the washing and the cleansing of his sins. And now I want you to see that led to his willingness. It was when Isaiah saw God's holiness, and he saw his wickedness, that he cried out for the forgiveness of his sins, and now that he has been washed clean, he stands willing and ready to do whatever it is God wants him to do. Notice with me, please, verse number 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. In verse number 8, we find that the Lord God is speaking and He is crying out, He is calling, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? We find in verse 8, God is calling. But I want you to notice there's something very interesting that I find in this passage I believe tonight that God is calling. I believe at every moment of the day, God is calling. God is seeking to get our attention. At every moment we draw breath, God is calling sinners to repentance. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants the world to be saved. And I believe that every moment of the day, God is calling out to lost sinners to repent of their sins and trust Jesus. He wants the world to be saved. But I also believe that God is always calling you and I as believers. He is calling us to a holy life. He's calling us to a godly life. He's calling us to service. And I believe every moment the Lord is trying to speak to us about something, whether it's in church, through His Word, in the car, as we listen, Lord willing, to godly music and to godly preaching. I believe God is trying to get our attention tonight. He is calling us to service, to action, to do something for the Lord. But notice with me, please, Isaiah did not hear the voice of God. He did not see, he did not comprehend the calling of God until we get to verse number 8. You see, in the very beginning, Isaiah did not hear God's calling. We don't see in verses 1 through 7 where he says, I heard the voice of God. It's not until we come to verse 8 that he was able to hear The calling of Almighty God. I believe what the Bible is teaching us tonight is that it was not until Isaiah had saw the Lord, it was not until he was humbled, it was not until he had received the washing of his sin that he was able to hear God's calling. You see, just as God was calling for Isaiah, God is calling for you and I to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, To be a light in this world, God is calling us to make a difference in our world and in our country. But until you and I get in the presence of God, we are unable to hear that calling. Why? Because as long as we allow sin in our life, sin separates us from God. Sin blinds us to the truth. As long as we allow ourselves to be distracted by the world... Instead of spending our time alone with God, we're not going to hear the voice of God in our hearts. He's calling out. Have you answered His calling? You see, it was not until Isaiah was in the presence of God 
It was not until he asked for the forgiveness of his sin and he received the washing that he was able to hear the voice of God. You and I must first see God for who He is and that will give us the right perspective of ourselves. It's only once we realize His holiness and our wickedness that we can say, as Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. Why is it? We don't see a lot of God's people stepping up to the plate to fulfill holes in the ministry. Why is it fewer and fewer young people are answering the call to be preachers and evangelists and missionaries? Why? They've not gotten in the presence of God. God's calling them, but they're not listening. They're not hearing. They cannot hear the voice of God. We need to get a glimpse of God. Getting a glimpse of God drove him to being willing to do anything that God had called him to do. You see, when our life consists of ourselves, and when all we look at when we look in the mirror is ourselves, and we have our own agendas and our own goals and our own selfish pride, we're not going to be willing to do anything for anybody else because it's all about me and myself. And that's what America is today. We are such a pride-filled nation that we don't go out of our way for anybody but ourselves. And so many of God's people act like that exact same way. We don't go out of our way for others. We're not going to do anything for God. Why? Because we've never gotten in His presence. But if we'll see Him, if we'll get a glimpse of who He is, it will constrain us, it will compel us to do anything God would ask for us to do When he saw his holiness, then he was willing to do what God had commanded him to do. You and I are not ready to answer God's calling in our lives until we come to the truth of how undeserving and unqualified and insufficient we are. Then we can cry out to God for help. You know, the Bible says in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. We can go out and we can put on our suits and we can walk the walk and talk the talk and we can come to church and we can act like everything is well and we can go out and we can witness and we can carry our Bibles and we can look like the best Christians in the world. But until we come to the end of ourselves, there's no power in what we do. It is in our weakness that His strength is made perfect. It is in our acknowledging when we understand the truth that we are undeserving, unqualified, insufficient, that then we wholly depend on His power, not our personality. His power, not our abilities. We need the power of God tonight. Isaiah cried out, Woe is me! And that is what was able to make him willing to answer God's call. Friend, my message tonight is very simple. This has not been a very deep message, but I believe it's a message that is needed. If you and I would get a glimpse of God tonight, chances are we would be so ashamed of our wickedness. We would flood the altars on our faces before God. You would be longing to receive the forgiveness of your sins so that you could boldly stand in the presence of Almighty God. Then and only then, Will we be ready to answer God's calling and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Use me, Lord. I don't want to just waste time. I don't want to spin my wheels. I don't want to occupy space in a church and have to answer to you one day for all the stuff that I didn't do. Use me. Let me make a difference in my society. Let me make a difference in my family. May I be the light 
that God has called me to be. Friend, He wants you to stand in the gap to make up the hedge in a spiritually dark and wicked world. But until we get in His presence, we'll never be willing to do anything that God has asked or called for us to do. My message to you tonight, very simply put, is do you have the correct view of your God? This is something we must come to for ourselves. I cannot give it to you. Our pastor cannot make you see God for who God is. You alone must get inside of God's Word for yourself and ask God to reveal Himself to you. What is your view of God tonight? Is He simply the insurance that you have keeping you from hell so that you can live the way you want? Is He the Santa Claus that you go to when there's a need in your life? Or do you see the God of the Bible for who He truly is? Have you been in His presence in recent days? Have you been in His presence today? You know, it would be a sad thing to be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and yet have not entered into the presence of God for yourself. It'd be a sad thing to stand before God and say, you were in church and you heard the preaching, but you were not engaged in what I had for you on that day. The world needs to see Him. But I say again tonight, how will the lost world see God for who He is without a preacher? You and I must show them. We must show them by the example of our lives. They're watching. They see. They know if you're sincere in your faith and in your Christianity and in your walk with God. Friend, I'm telling you tonight, in just one week, one week from today, we begin our revival services. I hope you're praying for that. We begin a week of revival meetings. And Pastor Titus can come to Central Baptist Church. He can stand behind this pulpit and he can preach the greatest messages that have ever been heard. We can have the greatest attendance that we have ever had. But unless we get a glimpse of the God of the Bible, not the God that we make up in our minds, but unless you get a glimpse of the God of the Bible, we will never have revival. Friend, tonight... Will you see God? Will you get a glimpse of God? Will you ask God to show you who He really is? It'll make a difference. Isaiah would never be the same, and you and I will never be the same as well. If we would see Him, we must see the Lord. Let's bow for a word of prayer tonight. With heaven.